This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode 37 centimeter. On this spoilerific bonus episode, I'm here along for the ride as Ethan reviews the September 18th show in Thousand Oaks, California at the Bank of America Performing Arts Center from Weird Al's 2022, The Unfortunate Return of the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Well, Dave, happy to have you back for what may be the final Ethan-only concert review of 2022. So thanks for... For coming along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, this is going to wrap up your week-long run or so in California. Very excited to hear all about your adventures in Thousand Oaks, California. Yeah, now Thousand Oaks. I've always heard of Thousand Oaks, and I've never been. And so <laughs> the mystery was revealed. I finally got to go to Thousand Oaks, California. And Dave, I counted. I did not count any oaks, let alone 1,000. <laughs> I was going to ask, I was going to ask, how many oak trees did you see there and did you count them? I Okay, I wasn't actually looking, but um, I, didn't, I didn't happen to accidentally notice any of them, if that's, okay. if that's fair. Um, so it's still up in the air whether or not this uh, town is named because there are exactly a thousand oaks there or if it was previously named for some other reason. Yeah, maybe they cut it down for like firewood or something. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> well, um... It was a, um, a pretty uh, upsetting day because, oh. um, if you remember, Adriana wasn't feeling so well um, right. in Santa Clarita. Well, she s- continued to not feel well um, the next day, and she made the unfortunate decision to bow out of the uh, the concert. So um, this one was just a, an Ethan, Jeff, and Scott show. So we were really gotcha. sad. To not have Adriana, she was able to uh, give give tickets to um, another Weird Al fan uh, who came and enjoyed the show. And I don't remember uh, <laughs> the name <laughs> of this person. Maybe I wrote it down somewhere. Um, we'll see. We'll just have to find out, Dave. All right. <laughs> he was very nice. Oh, sorry. I should have written his oh, name. Oh, good, good. But we'll yeah, sorry to hear that Adriana couldn't come. But I'm glad that the ticket got to be used by another Weird Al fan. Yes, yes, it was very. Uh, very nice. So, and um, because um, we didn't have um, Adriana and it was like uh, a Sunday, like uh, Scott's plans were a little different. So it was just Jeff and I who drove in uh, together and then okay. we met up with Scott when we got to the venue. But he was going to be there just a little bit later. Um, we got into the venue. We got there early for our special uh, Jeopardy access with Mr. Jeopardy himself, uh, Jeffy Sierra. <laughs> right. And uh, we parked in the parking garage, which is right uh, connected to the venue. And as we're walking over to the stairs, there's a big mural of uh, these two musicians, someone playing a cello, someone playing a violin. And um, it was titled E. Maestri. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Whoa, this is kind of e like Maestri? A, yeah, the letter I M A E S T R I. So very close to El wow. Maestro. Uh, right. So I was like, wow, this is a sign. <laughs> this is a sign from El Maestro himself. El Maestro himself. 
I think El Maestro himself probably painted that mural That's, and uh, yeah. just did not want to sign his real name. Just you know, <laughs> just wanted to remain a little bit anonymous, right. but did want to give give the uh, hint out to the true fans That's who right. really really drew that really uh, painted that mural. Now, um, the last centimeter, I alluded that um, I was getting really close to hearing every regularly rotating song, but with Miles oh, right. yes. uh, sitting in. And so um, I didn't have it written down um, for that episode, but I do for this episode. The two that I needed uh, to get on Thousand Oaks, I'm I'm really hoping to get this episode, would be your horoscope for today and the epic, you know, really the song that all Weird Al fans consider really to be the best um, Weird Al song is uh, "Let Me Be Your Hog." So those are the two <laughs> that I needed to hear. And uh, I really thought you were going to say Dave and Ethan's 2000s Weird Al podcast theme song because I think that is the true one that every Weird Al fan wants to hear. That is true. I was just joking uh, in my build up to "Let Me Be Your Hog," but uh, of course, you know it would have been a treat to get to hear Dave and Ethan's 2000s right. Weird Al podcast theme song with Miles J sitting in on bass, but. Um, I have a spoiler alert, Dave. That did not happen, <laughs> oh, unfortunately. Uh, I was holding out for it. I, know, I was holding. I was I hoping, Ethan. I, I was know. hoping. Well, um, so we got there a little bit early. We got in with really no issue. And uh, right after we got in the door, actually, no, we got in with no issue, but uh, someone did have an issue at the door right in oh. front of us. Um, our friend Jeff Perkins, who... Um, was it Santa Barbara? I think it was Santa Barbara that we we met him and he gave us something. Um, he's a an active friend on the the social media and stuff, and so we okay, know him. Okay, cool. And yeah. uh, so I saw him and and he said, "Hi, Ethan." I'm like, uh, "Do I know you?" He's like, "Yeah, it's <laughs> Jeff." I was like, "Oh, Jeff Perkins." Like, I, as soon as he said his name, I knew who it was. <laughs> but cool. I realized later the reason I didn't know his face is because on Facebook. His profile picture is like a cat. So it's like, whenever I see him, I think of a cat. But as soon as he said his name, his first name, I knew his last name. I think that surprised him that I knew his full name when he said Jeff. But um, cool. at the uh, check-in, you have to go through like um, like a metal detector. And they actually had a pretty um, robust sign of like what you could and could not bring in to the venue. Um, and... I'll have to send you this picture, Dave, because it's, it's pretty, it's kind of ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it says, Bank of America, Performing Arts Center, Thousand Oaks. Welcome, prohibited items, in big letters. <laughs> to ensure all guests have a safe and enjoyable visit to the Bank of America, Performing Arts Center. Guests are not permitted to bring the following items into the theater. And then it's a bunch of pictures. Uh, weapons, firearms, knives, or any sharp objects, any bags, backpacks, or parcels larger than 14 by 14 by 6 inches, and then a Mm. a whole list. You'll you'll find this entertaining. Uh, No aerosol cans, alcoholic beverages, animals, service animals allowed, balloons, beach balls and other inflatables, camera lenses, laptops, no illegal substances, no fireworks, no food, no recording equipment, no cans or bottles, no laser lights, no mace or pepper spray, no noise-making devices, no sticks, poles, bats, clubs, or thermoses. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's really extensive. Like, they must have, like, really... <laughs> Had a, a special case for each of those getting added to the sign. Well, I mean, some of them are common sense, but yeah, some of them are yeah. just like, whoa, there had to be an incident behind that one. Well, so for the food one, there's like a little uh, picture of a hamburger. 
so I think really they're saying like prepared food, right? Like it's it's like so Jeff Perkins gets stopped because he has brought along a bag full of avocados to the venue. <laughs> and I guess I... someone had posted online that JW's favorite food is avocados. And oh, uh, okay. Uh, like... He like requested that people bring them for him. I don't know if it was serious or it's a joke, but uh, Jeff took it seriously. And he brought along a bag of avocados. Well, <laughs> they, the security was not having this avocado thing, uh, so they ended up uh, stopping the line. Like instead of just like putting him to the side and letting people go through, they just like they halted the line, like discussing the avocados, and. They finally called security and brought uh, Melissa out, and she accepted the avocados on JW's <laughs> behalf. <laughs> she approved. <Crazy>. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe they thought it was like grenades or something. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't tell you. But once she took the avocados, he got in fine. Um, and then we got in fine. And uh, they did have a little, uh, like a season calendar pamphlet. In there, so I, I grabbed a couple, Dave, to uh, sweet um, for our collections, and um, went in, and and uh, we went in for Jeopardy. And this, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, continental seating. Do you know what that means when I say that, Dave? Uh, I don't have no idea what that means. Continental seating, unless you're sitting on the edge of a continent. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you sit on the beach. Uh, no, um, oh, okay. continental seating in a, a venue typically. I think every venue you and I have been to this tour has not been continental seating. I don't know what the opposite of continental seating is, but <laughs> the opposite is like there's aisles and, and rows and it's just, it's, yeah. you know, there's usually like the, the left, the center left, the center right, and then the side right, you know, that kind of thing. Um, right. Continental seating is like there's just a big like half circle for the row and you just have to push past a lot of uh, people to get to your thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, kind of not just... ideal, <laughs> but that's what, um, that's what the seating was like at thousand Oaks. Um, and uh, yeah, there were a couple of venues we went to, or at least a couple of venues I went to on the strings attached tour that I remember having to, to climb over a million people to get to my seat in the center. Yeah. The, I think, uh, I think uh, yeah. Wolf Trap was like that. Wolf Trap was one yeah. of them. And there was another one, uh, that I went to that you weren't there in, in one of the venues in Florida. I remember having okay. to, okay. to climb over, over a bunch of people. I and I said, yeah. as soon as I sat down, I was just like, well, I'm not leaving right. until the end of the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, part of the the thing with like some of the, the venues, like they make money in selling, um, you know, drinks concessions and, 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 and concessions. Drink, yeah. And when you're you're seated like that, you definitely don't want to get up and move around. <laughs> like no, no, like, you're, right? Once you're you like, sit down, you're down. So right, you like you have to buy everything ahead of time that you think you're going to need, or you just be like, "Well, I'm not. I'm going without it this time." Yeah, because it's just so annoying <laughs> to push past people. And anyway, yeah. so um, I wasn't thrilled when I saw that, but um, we got in for Jeopardy, and Jeff and I made our way down uh, right to the front section, and uh, we parked a good good spot, and uh, we were right uh, behind these two guys, uh, Tyrone and Abram, who are big Weird Al fans, and one of them has like a, a comedy radio show and he was telling us all about that. And right. The other guy's like, Oh, I hope Al signs my Funko pop. And, and then Jeopardy starts and, um, uh, nobody got picked that, that we knew <laughs> there was no, uh, you know, no Dave, there's no, no Ethan, no Jeff, no Jeff Perkins. Um, but they did pick, um, a guy who kind of looks like weird Al 
And I don't know if his name was actually pulled out of the thing or if JW was just like, this guy looks so much like Weird Al. He just needs to be on stage. Right. <laughs> because they just called him up as guy who kind of looks like Weird Al. And that was his <laughs> name the whole time. <laughs> I love it. Um, and so it was a lot of fun. It was a good Jeopardy. Um, uh, I will give you the the final Jeopardy question, Ooh, Dave. Okay, I'm ready. Um, I right. got it wrong. Um, oh, I, I wasn't okay. thinking. Pressure's on. Oh boy, I wasn't thinking properly. Once I knew the answer, I was like, "Oh my god!" Of course, um, I got confused, and I think you'll understand why I got confused once you hear the question and answer. Um, so the question was something to the extent of Al and the band appeared in a 2017 Selma Hayek film, performing an updated version of "Happy Birthday." What is that film? It's how to be a Latin lover is the name of the film. Yes, nice job. Yes, I. So, I would have got that one right. See, I should have gotten that one right, but I was thinking, oh, that's Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler film that Al's in, Sandy Wexler. So I totally got oh. that wrong. <laughs> so that's the other film that Al's in um, that came gotcha. out around the yep. same time. So uh, just a little confused, but um, no one on stage got it. So <laughs> um, after Jeopardy. Um, we ran into Summer Woods, who I think was intending to go to Jeopardy, but uh, just I think she had the timing wrong and she showed up uh, uh. near the end of Jeopardy. So she was not miraculously picked for a, a fifth <laughs> time. Um, and we're really happy to see our good buddy, Joe Jaffa. Who, nice. Uh, who Hi, Joe. There. Awesome. So, uh, Joe met up with uh, with Jeff and I and, and we, we had uh, uh, some drinks and just kind of were hanging out. And uh, Joe uh, had grabbed an L.A. Times for you and an L.A. Times for me uh, when Weird was mentioned in it. So uh, he delivered those very precious uh, parcels Ooh. to me at the at the concert. So I have those. <laughs> um, it was just really – it's so awesome getting to see Joe Jeff. I love that guy. So um, we had a good time hanging out and chatting. And uh, Joe actually was sitting in the front row for the show. So he was really excited about that. Um, cool. He had a really good seat. Um, Didn't have to climb over a thousand people to get to it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although, you know, we did see him, uh, once we were in our seats, we did see him come in on the wrong side. So he had to climb over everyone oh. to get to the <laughs> side and then go down and then he got into a seat. But um, I don't, I think the, the venue staff are instructed to make sure it's an uncomfortable journey to your seat, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're over here. Here, I'm going to have you go in this door just so you have to <laughs> go over these people. Um, so, uh, all right. I'll, I'll let you guess, Dave. Uh, show was a 7 o'clock show. What time did JW <laughs> hit the stage? Ooh, that's an early one, 7 o'clock. All right, so I'm going to guess JW hit the stage at 6.58. You are wrong. Oh, JW was horrifically late to take oh, the no. stage. I couldn't believe it. He showed up at 659. <laughs> Ooh, JW. Oh, oh, I was counting oh, on you being there at 658. <laughs> so uh, JW, of course, introduced uh, Emo again as the Emo Phillips exposure. Uh, so that must. Okay. The that first time I heard it, I thought it was a mistake. Uh, the second time, I was like, wow, he made that same mistake two times <laughs> in a row. And now after like four times in a row, I think that's just what they're going with. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and so, I think if it was, an Emo would have corrected him by right. now. <laughs> so um, Emo took the stage at 7.01, and he was wearing his uh, Harlequin, that kind of golden black outfit. 
And, okay. And uh, he had kind of a long set. He went from 7.01 all the way to 7.37. So Ooh, a 36-minute set. set with Emo. It was a very good set. Um, it was a good audience. And uh, so him ending a little bit late caused the show to start a little bit late. Um, but while we were... Uh, waiting for the intermission, we sure as heck weren't getting up to go to the bathroom or get <laughs> any concessions. Uh, right. We did see John Katz from a distance. We were able to uh, ah. to wave to oh, him. Nice. Yeah, we weren't super close. We weren't super far. Um, it looks like my handwriting was sort of in the middle of <laughs> being really good and really bad. Well, while you're trying to figure out your handwriting, maybe you should uh, also be trying to figure out what my pick of the night is. Because I don't know if you've done that yet. Because Mm. uh, past couple episodes, uh, I don't don't know, I don't know, you've been on and off. Yeah, miss, yeah, yeah. So again, uh, for anybody new tuning in, and I'm really stalling, <laughs> so Ethan has time to to pick something. I think I here. know what my choice is. And, and, and uh, yeah, is that uh, even though I have not been to this concert, um, every concert that I go to, I always you know pick out a song that I enjoy, and the reasons can be can be many, can be anything uh, <laughs> why I enjoy that song. But I pick out one, and I make that my pick of the night, and. Uh, I don't know when it started, but uh, a few episodes back, Ethan started trying to guess what my pick of the night was. Far enough back and, that uh, Zeb made a theme song for my guess. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we, we end up having a theme song written by Zeb Lemke for my pick of the night and for Ethan's guess of my pick of the night. Uh, so so the, it's a big event for us, and, uh, and uh, there's no prize other than bragging rights whether Ethan gets it correct or not. <laughs> there's not <laughs> <laughs> surprise I, I, I mean I, I supplies I <laughs> <laughs> all right I, yes I'm gonna pay you in Canadian nickels well um I didn't need all that stalling time to figure out I knew which one oh. my pick of the night was gonna be for you but I was okay. able to figure out these other notes um, that I was very confused about um, so I have that uh, the show started right at 750. So started um, later than normal, but kind of on par with when emo ended. And um, okay, yep. The show started right with Velvet Elvis. Um, oh. So a little bit of that, um, you know, the humming so- so- sound, and then you know the whole band comes out, and uh, Al sang the song, and I noticed a uh, some fancy uh, choreography going on when Al says the line about the Mexican kids with the really big eyes. He put his right. hands up around his eyes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> completely transforming the song into something like you've never heard before. <laughs> right? How unique! Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, as far as where I was sitting, I was on um, Miles' side. Um, I have to say that, or I, I mean, Steve's side, but Steve wasn't there because Miles J was there. Oh, Miles J still there? Okay, good. So I was pretty much lined up identically in in line with Miles and. Um, the name I gave Al's shirt was Mr. Skeleton's Wild Ride. I'm not sure why <laughs> or what that means. But Mr. Oh, Skeleton's... Oh, yeah, check this shirt out. That's awesome. That's awesome. You looked it out? You looked at it? Or no, just... no, okay. I haven't looked it up yet. I want to see what Mr. Skeleton's Wild Ride is. <laughs> yeah, it might have been a rename at this point. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. You keep going. I'll look it up. Yeah, I think it's just I didn't know what I had called that one before, so I came up with something wacky um, looking at some of my pictures from the night. Um, 
So uh, Al waved at the audience. He said, hello, Thousand Oaks. How you doing? Uh, he he uh, said, give it up for Emo. It's been an honor to share, uh, you know, airborne droplets with him on the bus. And uh, for the hardcore uh, fans oh, of the oh. audience... You may. I'm looking at I'm looking at Mr. Skeleton's Wild Ride, and I don't know where <laughs> where you're getting that from. Well, they kind of look like uh, skeleton bones from far away. So I'm looking at the the uh, the uh, CID uh, website for where they post all the after show pictures, uh, just because I'm assuming Al did not change his shirt. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like a bunch of feathers and flowers all mixed together. Wow. Mr. Skeleton's oh, Wild know. Ride, Dave. All right. Well, Get with the program. I, I, I. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called. Don't wear it out. <laughs> oh, I have a feeling I'm going to wear this one out. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of looks like uh, bones or something. <laughs> what would you name it, Dave? Right. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not in charge of naming these things. I well, probably would name it something to do with feathers and flowers, though. Well, if you're far enough back, you, it looks like a like a skeleton man <laughs> having a wild party. I don't know. <laughs> so Al said for the hardcore fans in the audience, you'll notice that's not Steve J over there on the base. Uh, his doctor has asked him to rest for a week and a half. So uh, filling in for him tonight is his son, Miles J. And um, he said, uh, tonight, it's not a normal show, you know, in in, uh, in all of their advertising and promotion. They've done their best to let you know that it's going to be a bunch of extremely unpopular songs. And uh, he said, but the next song, uh, the whole reason um, for the tour was to play this next song. It's essentially the best thing I've ever written. You know, critics didn't really get it. And fans didn't really respond at the time because, you know, it was not necessarily the funniest song, but, um, you know, the, you know, the subtext is there and, you know, later in, you know, years later, you know, fans, people were able to better understand the nuance and really understand and appreciate the song. Uh, so the second song of the night was Let Me Be Your Hog. (laughs) And that's one of the songs that you were hoping to hear uh, Miles J perform. (laughs) Right off the bat, right right off the bat. Second song of the night, you got, you knock one of them out. So there's one left, your horoscope for today. Okay, Let Me Be Your Hog. (laughs) And yeah, so Let Me Be Your your Hog, um, was as you'd expect, uh, the pre- oh, yeah, the yeah. preamble is like five times as long as the song itself. Right, <laughs> and, <laughs> I love uh, that. <laughs> you know, always a good reaction from the audience for that. Um, and uh, and then you know, Al kind of ends it. And our next song is so. Uh, and our next song is one more minute. So it went right into one more minute. And hmm. um, there were a couple, um, you know, cell phone waivers that you know that we sometimes see on shows. Like people will, uh, I think. You know, uh, don't download the song is really more applicable for cell phone waving. But in the absence of that, um, one more minute seems to be where people decide to uh, wave their phone lights. So (laughs) there was a little bit of that. And uh, Al did do a bit of an extended crying near the end uh, before finishing the song. Okay. Um, So... Al started talking about how uh, the next song was written in 2002, which, of course, is a palindrome year. And he again mentioned mm-hmm. the correct next palindrome year of 2021 uh, 12 as being the next right. one. And um, uh, then he played Bob. 
as Bob. you may expect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he starts uh, changing his introductions to his songs just to throw me and you off. Yeah, you know. <laughs> during our solo <laughs> I think reviews. We're, I think we're pretty, we got this point, I don't know how many shows we've seen, over 30 yeah. easily. <laughs> and this is uh, this is episode 38. I haven't been to 38, but you've no, this been This is 37, to- Dave. Oh, 37, yeah. You, I haven't been to 37, and you probably haven't been to 37, but we've been pretty close. Yeah, this was high my 30s. 34th show this tour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yes, so... So so we're kind of... So I, usually by like the first or second word, we can pick up what the next song is going to be. <laughs> yeah, or sometimes just like based on, you know, what they're doing. Like if I see, see Steve walk over and start putting on headphones, right. I'm like, well, it's Craigslist. <laughs> right. <laughs> So um, I did notice during Bob, I could see uh, Ruben's shadow big on the back wall. Um, I know oh, sweet. We've yeah. seen that before. It's not every show that the lights necessarily do that, but um, it's always kind of cool when it does that. I think you misspoke. You meant to say Il Maestro. Yeah. Or Il Maestro. Il Maestro or whatever. Il Maestro. <laughs> or E Maestro. It was just the I. E Maestro. I Maestro. I Maestro. I Maestro. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I mastery. <laughs> oh mastery. E mastery. <laughs> e mastery. Okay, e mastery. Um yes. So uh after Bob, uh I saw uh Miles leave the stage and um then Al started talking about how um he's going to do a cover song of uh the 1967 song by the doors which is one of their most obscure songs <laughs> speaking of the example i just gave about, yes uh, when when steve or ian leaves or uh, steve or uh, miles leaves excuse me right uh so he said he got he first heard this song as a fourth generation cassette from bermuda uh a live performance at the whiskey uh <laughs> And he said, um, at the time, you know, people just couldn't deal with the truth uh, that um, was being laid down. Uh, So it didn't become a a popular song until much later. Uh, And, of course, it was Craigslist. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So Craigslist um, was wonderful. Um, I tried to take (laughs) some notes. Oh. oh, this should be fun. <laughs> All right. Well, generally, generally, yeah. a couple of things I like to know is I like to know whether what the uh, coffee shop is. Uh, did you happen to catch uh, I did. which I coffee did. shop they used? So okay. the coffee shop was Longevity Coffee uh, on One Thousand Oaks Boulevard or Thousand Oaks Boulevard, I suppose. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. It says something about a uh, a dog named Mister Wiggles. Uh, <laughs> and amazing i think the uh the native american indian was doing a new york times crossword puzzle uh <laughs> but with a pen like a boss <laughs> Ooh, like a boss i think our uh, past guest eric berlin will be happy to hear hear that yeah so it was very uh very good i don't have any more notes than that on craigslist uh, <laughs> um but I just sat back and enjoyed it. But uh, there was no red rump to goodies. There's no, uh, ah. you know, no intern Franks or fingernails <laughs> this time. Uh, <laughs> um, so then uh, he said a question he gets a lot is, do you ever write serious music? And uh, he said a couple of his songs are not funny or not ironic. And uh, this next song is actually a sweet song about the joys of childhood. It's a... Uh, 
nostalgic look back at the good old days. The good old days. Yes. Uh, so good old days afterwards. Um, uh, Al said that they're, uh, you know, they're through several of their 133 shows this tour. And uh, at this point, um, uh, Jim Kimo West uh, has requested to change the arrangement of this next song. And he <laughs> wants to start it with a power G chord for 45 minutes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, he wasn't sure about it, but uh, um, he, he said, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Jim has more Grammys than anyone else in the band. So <laughs> he probably knows what he's talking about. So uh, Jim said, thanks, Al. I think you're going to love it. Here it goes. 45 minutes. And then <laughs> started his, uh, his uh, G chord, um, which then uh, blended right into my own eyes. Right. Of course. <laughs> so um, that's one of the best introductions to a song I love uh, on this tour. <laughs> I love it. Uh, here, let me do a Coke Zero solo. I'm getting uh, uh, parched. Yeah. Sweet Coke Zero solo. Coke Zero solo. Um, so <laughs> my own eyes. I guess I didn't take too many notes this this concert, Dave, because I wrote to my own eyes, and I went right on to the introduction for the next song. Um, <laughs> the introduction for the next song. Al said that um, we're very lucky because he's going to be doing a public service for us tonight, and I think you know where Ooh. this is going. I do uh, know where this he's is going. Going to, and I got very excited because he said he's going to. Um, tell us our futures but he's going to group us into groups and tell 8.3 percent of us at a time our horoscope for today and then they started incredible your horoscope for today and i was so excited because this meant um myself and as far as we know the only other person who was at all of all four of those shows in a row as i was was jeremy samples so uh, we had texted earlier, like, oh, I hope he plays those two songs. Right. Uh, so Jeremy and I were able to successfully check off all of the regularly um, rotated songs, uh, plus Take Me nice. Down. And, uh, right. Uh, and all the covers. And songs, all the covers yeah. we got. So it was very cool. And uh, it was just excellent. You know, of course, um, Miles killed it. The whole band killed it. Um, I wrote down that there was a perfect fast part. So the part where, you know, Al starts doing the fast part really, really fast. And then Jim right, right, right. jumps in at some point. It was seamless. It, you know, there was no issues at all with, uh, you know, taking a breath. Like, I don't know how they do that. Um, mm -hmm. It's just incredible to me. And it's, you know, it's, it's a song from, uh, you know, one of my favorite albums and it's probably one of my more favorite songs from the tour. So the fact that that was the, the last one to like check off my, right, my collection right. of miles J played songs it was cool. <laughs> Very I, cool i was really happy with that um and it does answer a question i sort of was having in the back of my head is that if somebody like miles J was coming in were they required to learn each and every song on the uh on the potential you know, out of the potential 50 or so songs or was there just a subset that they had to use that they could kind of rotate through so that they could uh you know still have a different show for every concert but uh it would you know make it a little easier yeah make it a little easier on the substitute but the answer appears to be at least for miles you got to learn everything yeah <laughs> i was thinking that too because they could very easily just you know right um there's what two songs where um 
there's no base, so they could just put those two in every show where Steve's not there, and then they could um, just kind of mix up some of the other ones that are maybe right, less mix up right, yeah. Um, but no, like you they, learn sixteen to eighteen or songs or so, or twenty songs out of the fifty or twenty five out of the fifty or so, and then just mix it, those up. But no, it doesn't appear that way. No, so pretty cool. Um, it was yes. really really fun and and um, it was a good song. So. Afterwards, Al said it's a, you know, he pointed to his accordion, it's Chekhov's accordion, he knows it's going to get used eventually. He picked it up and immediately called for a drum solo. And, All right. Uh, you know, f- four shows in a row, Bermuda did my drum solo, but he <laughs> right. changed it up oh, and he did a one-hit drum solo. A one-hit wonder. Okay. <laughs> one-hit wonder. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to start calling them. I like that. Um and uh, after the drum solo went right into when I was your age. Oh, cool. Um, and I noticed the uh, those kind of moving searchlights that we um, were starting oh, to yeah, notice. Oh, yeah, yeah, those for... awesome searchlights, yes. Yeah, so the ones that we were noticing for Young, Dumb, and Ugly, they were in this song, and they were red oh, wow. moving around. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, now, one thing I don't know if we've really touched on too much i think we did a little bit when zeb was joining us um but miles uses the same bass guitar the whole concert he doesn't switch out um the way steve sort of rotates between two or three um or the way that uh chemo rotates between a couple um miles just sort of between songs would retune the guitar um differently oh wow so um I wonder if that's, I, I, I mean, uh, you and I are not musicians, so we don't really have an insight on this, but I wonder if that's uh, just like a personal preference thing. Like maybe it's just easier for, you know, to have, like for Chemo to have all of his guitars just set up, you know, ahead of time that he just grabs, you know, the one that he needs for the song where somebody like Miles might be like, well, I'm just more comfortable working off of one of them and let me just right. switch things up uh, I don't on the know. fly. I mean, I also have to assume that, you know, for Chemo or, or for Steve, I mean, they're the guys who actually originated the parts, too. So they may, you know, maybe to us, a different guitar might not sound different, even if it's tuned different. But they might like a certain warmth that this guitar lends oh. to this particular song. Whereas, you know, someone covering, maybe Miles doesn't have that same attachment to um, a different instrument. And it's just That's true. Yeah, they, probably they know what's good. He didn't learn yeah. over multiple bass guitars you know so maybe right yeah right. i don't know but that's something right at different right at a different point you know uh chemo or steve may have been preferring this particular guitar or may have written the song on this particular guitar or one similar to it so they're just more comfortable using that yeah i hadn't thought about that that, that that'd be a good question uh, if we ever do talk to uh to steve or or chemo again yeah and or miles um, or miles <laughs> So, or anybody who performs any sort of instrument. <laughs> it would be funny. It would be kind of funny if, if uh, Bermuda was switching out his drum set out between every song. <laughs> There's like five people run out. There's like five like different drum sets up on NASCAR. stage. <laughs> like, bzz, bzz. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. And I kind of want him to do that now. <laughs> I love it. And he doesn't he have like a pretty prolific drum collection? He does. Too, he so. has 
He could. He yeah, he's quite work. a collection of. Yeah, it's quite a collection of uh, drums, from what I understand, and and it, it, apparently an even more impressive uh, collection of cymbals, from what I understand. So he could probably uh, hit a different cymbal for each and every time he hits a cymbal up on stage, and and still hilarious. not go through his whole collection. Like those sushi restaurants where like a little piece of sushi goes by on a conveyor belt, he could just have a perfectly timed like conveyor belt of cymbals and hit a different one each. time. Time. I love it. All right. I hope Bermuda's well, well, listening Bermuda, taking yeah, notes. I said, <laughs> I said, you're welcome to use that suggestion if you want, Bermuda. And you don't even have to credit Dave and Ethan's 2000 nope. Weird Out podcast. We will know. Um, so I think I mentioned the whole thing about the tuning because at this point I noticed Miles tuning his guitar. Um, gotcha. And Al started talking about how um, he's been releasing uh, albums and songs for a long time, and some of the songs get a little bit outdated, and some of the songs are sort of, uh, you know, from the 80s and 90s or products of their area, but he's still going to play it anyway, this next song, even though it's a little bit outdated. And of course, it was Frank's 2000 inch TV. And gotcha. uh, Frank's 2000 inch TV featured the fingernail lights. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm glad I. Frank's is the fingernail song. All right. I'm glad at this one. I, uh, I asked, uh, uh, or I'm glad that I decided to track that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, yes, very important. We must know which uh, which song uses fingernail lights. So, if you remember from, I believe Temecula, um, where Al uh, sort of pulled the audience about who had not been on the Jungle Cruise ride. Um, oh, right. Yes. So at this point, Al goes elsewhere. I ask. Uh, if the audience knows the Jungle Cruise ride, but you guys are in Southern California, so you know the deal, and went right into you know his his <laughs> spiel, um, not explaining the ride, but about the skipper, and then went into yeah uh, skipper Dan. Um, so no voting occurred, uh, <laughs> and Dave, you'll be very happy to know that the waterfall was great. It was on time. It was spectacular. <laughs> there was no. Uh, it was no uh, no slight delay. No the slight delay. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that the timing is back on the waterfall. <laughs> um, okay, let's see what what this is all about. Um, and Al started talking about how um, I think he met Miles as a baby and watched him grow up, and he mentioned how uh-huh. um, that. You know, he's in the Amish music video with his brother Ian looking at the Amish uh, porno mag. Um, (laughs) See, now what I'm wondering is, I didn't write down anything about Bermuda, so I don't think he excluded Bermuda. He must have mentioned Bermuda the same way, and probably um, I maestri the same way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm guessing I didn't write them down because it just um, was the same thing. Um, I have to imagine. I don't think that it was excluded. But uh, before he got to gym, uh, I don't know. Uh-oh. Oh, no, he did get to gym. So he said, in 1981, he was on a princess cruise of Acapulco. And they had a lounge on this cruise ship with live music. And it was really corny. And um, he was like... Uh, it was really lame and pathetic uh, that this band was playing on uh, a cruise ship, but he met Kimo and then signed him for an exclusive 45-year contract, and he said, it's working out okay so far. 
Did he say 45-year contract? Or yes. did he say 40-year? 45. 45-year. Oh, okay. That's the one thing I can read. a little bit differently read. than he said uh, previously. <laughs> yes. Previously, he shows he said he's usually capped around 40 years. <laughs> nope. 40. But I guess uh, I guess he's signed. I guess he's uh, <laughs> needed him for another five. <laughs> but it's just working out okay. Uh, just okay. <laughs> I love it. So far. Okay. Um, he only won one Grammy. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> I know. After, you know, 40-something years, you'd think he'd have a couple dozen Grammys. But, oh, well. <laughs> so uh, then we got uh, Dare to be Stupid. I suppose it was the Dare to be Stupid uh, Princess Cruise of Acapulco version. <laughs> yeah, cruise ship version cruise ship or something. Version. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, you'll be happy to know that myself... Jeff and Scott, we all raised our hands to volunteer. I raised my left oh. hand. Jeff and Scott both raised their respective right hands. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, I'll say three volunteers. Uh, three volunteers, at least three. Um, I think Jeremy usually volunteers, so I'm sure there was a fourth one somewhere. Uh, Al is talking about his music tastes. He says it usually uh, crystallizes in college, so he was into New Wave and uh, Punk and Power Pop, Devo, Oingo Boingo. But his favorite was Talking Heads, and he, he said, I, you know, instead of David Byrne um, you know, going to success, what if he worked a soul-numbing corporate desk job and then Al played... <laughs> Uh, Albuquerque, no, doggy dog. Doggy dog. <laughs> dog. Um, Love it. So then um, Bermuda and uh, Miles both got up and uh, he said that um, that at one point uh, they need five minutes to play Candy Crush. Uh, so that's why... <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, or no, Miles. Wow. Miles, uh, you know... Miles. Uh, because he was covering, sorry, I'm trying to decipher this hieroglyphics I wrote. Um, because Miles was covering, his one stipulation was that he needs five minutes to play Candy Crush, and uh, <laughs> Bermuda heard that, and so he wanted uh, five minutes to play Wordle. So that's why they were leaving. Oh, um, <laughs> so um, love it. So then, with them gone, they decided to do a power ballad, and it was dedicated to close personal friends Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Um, which I don't think I've heard them say that in a while. No, I haven't. Uh, I'm surprised they're still uh, they're still making still making it out there. And of course, they played "You Don't Love Me Anymore." And uh, <laughs> last time I heard "You Don't Love Me Anymore," you know, Al did the um, the gag using the ratchet, uh, but there was no oh. almost uh, playing an instrument gag this time. It was just straight oh, okay. through. <laughs> you don't love me anymore. Um, so. And it's just a couple. It's a couple notes on that. I just, <laughs> I got to say, at one point, I was tremendously addicted to the Candy Crush game. Uh, <laughs> really? So yeah. So uh, it's funny to hear that match. I didn't realize that that was still a thing. I had to. I had to like unaddict myself. Unaddict. Un- unaddict. Whatever. Break uh, yourself. Free. I had to. <laughs> I had to, yeah, break free from that addiction of uh, of Candy Crush. So I I unloaded it off my phone and everything. So I haven't even tried to see if that's a thing anymore. But wow. uh, Wordle, I still play that every single day. Oh, you do? And I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. I have like I've mm-hmm. never not missed uh, a clue. So I have wow. like over 200, 200 correct answers, you know, with 100% going. And at one time, I think I mentioned this on an earlier episode, one time I actually got one of them correct on the very first guess. Wow. And I'm very proud of that. 
Yes. Well, I I um, I played Wordle when it first started getting popular, and then I kind of stopped playing it. And then after I went to Chicago, and um, I started seeing that Steve Chai and, and Marty Lick were playing it every day, and they like have a thread they posted on Facebook. Right. I started doing it again, and I was like posting my screenshots or whatever. And then I sort of lost it again. <laughs> but then um, I remembered there's this app called Loodle, L-E-W-D-L-E. And oh, yeah. it's a free app, and every day they have a word that is lewd in nature. So, like, you Ooh. know, a swear word or or um, kind of naughty or, or spicy. and uh, Spicy language, so okay. I've, <laughs> I've actually been playing that one pretty consistently. Um, and what makes it really hard is you can only enter in spicy words. You can't enter in, oh. like, you know, a six-letter uh, – it's either five or six letters, depending on – because I guess they needed to add some more. Um, <laughs> Extra spicy. And sometimes it's it's pretty vanilla spicy words, and sometimes it's some very out-there spicy words that I've never <laughs> heard of. So uh, it gets oh, a little so frustrating. I'm learning some, some stuff. It's very difficult. Um, I think – because you have to enter in a, a lewd word, um, gotcha. it's the only way you can uh, see if you have the letters, you know, in the right spot or whatever. <laughs> um, makes it much more challenging. And uh, <laughs> so I highly recommend it, Dave. If you like Wordle so much, you should download Loodle and join me. Um, <laughs> so anyway, okay. <laughs> um, you don't love me anymore. Uh, so um, afterwards... Um, Miles came back, and uh, uh, I was like, oh, he's coming back, he's coming back. And he said, and uh, to welcome you back, it's time for a bass solo. And so he he, he uh, surprised Miles with a bass solo. And so he, he sort of stood up and uh, started playing. And I didn't know what he was playing. It sounded really cool. Uh, but spoiler alert, I did speak to Miles after the concert. Um, and uh-huh. he said he played... Um, a little uh, bit from "My Heart Will Go On" by Celine Dion, oh, as wow. a um, as kind of like a nod to uh, "Free Delivery," because he said that um, he remembers having to do that part uh, back in two thousand two or whatever when he covered for Steve last time. Oh, so it was, nice! It's kind of cool. At future concerts after that, he did do other like um, sort of Al adjacent songs. Uh, for his bass solo, including like uh, my Sharona or something like that, so pretty cool. Sweet, um, and that sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah, so it was really good, and then that um, you know slowly devolved into first world problems. Cool, and he said, uh, oh, must, "Was was there already a drum solo? There was already a drum solo, right? There was already a drum solo right after your horoscope for today, and before when I was your age." Well, I don't know if I don't know if he said it was a reprise or not, but Al said we usually save it for the end. But we'll, let's just do it. Uh, drum solo. It must have been a drum solo rep- reprise, and uh, he just did a couple of hits. And then there was, of course, a John Bermuda Schwartz. What a guy! What a guy! What a guy! And that what a guy uh, brought us right into Midnight Star. Cool. And uh, of course. Um, you know, Midnight Star is is a wonderful one. Didn't have quite that um, ex- excitement that we got the other night that was just sort of over the top. <laughs> right. Uh, but it was still, of course, everyone's always excited for Midnight Star, as sure. I am. Um, and so after Midnight Star um, was great, we, we uh, 
Uh, Al said, "Mid, it's mid-September. You guys are wondering, why is there no Christmas music yet? I uh, wonder which one I'll play. And he did play The Night Santa Went Crazy. Ah, nice. So he's like, well, we got time for one more song, and people were upset. He's like, you know how the passage of time works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he said, this next song is about America in a broad sense, but more specifically, Aww. it's about a twine ball. And yeah. uh, he said... Uh, Al's going to tell us? I wrote, Al's going to tell us a story about the biggest, I guess not the biggest, because the whole community got together and built the biggest one, and the idea of that makes Al want to vomit. Uh, he's <laughs> not going to sing a song about that. Oh, he's probably said, oh, I know what you're you're thinking. You're thinking that Al's going to tell us a story about the biggest ah. ball of twine. No, uh, that makes me want to vomit. Uh, this was about Francis A. Johnson from 1950 for 29 years. He built the uh, the ball and rolled it to Darwin, Minnesota, into a little gazebo. <laughs> 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 and uh, he said the song is about the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So that was the next song. And, um, you know, I was listening to Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. I'm wondering if you ever um, made have this. heard the song? Yes, I have. I went, yes. Well, that was my first question. My second question. My first question was, has Dave ever heard or heard of the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota? The second question is, um, I realized that there were three songs uh, in those, the songs played that night that mentioned Elvis. Um, do you want to try and guess the three? Well, Elvis-arama yep. in the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. Velvet Elvis, of course, mentions Elvis multiple times. Yep. And, uh, boy. Oh, boy. Midnight Star. Oh. <laughs> of course, Midnight Star. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny. It's like, wow, this is a very Elvis-themed night. Uh, and I was wondering, how are we going to get, um, you know, the uh, the Vegas um, oh. Elvis cover we got? Because there's so much Elvis this show. Um, but, of course, before that, uh, before we find out if that's what we got... Um, they did the uh, pretend backstage uh, waiting for the encore. Um, yep. The little bit that they do, they get up on stage and they don't actually leave the stage. <laughs> so Bermuda was uh, cleaning his glasses and the drum shield. Uh, he was cleaning Jim's guitar. He was cleaning the chimes. Jim was just sort of uh, playing around with his guitar. Al and Ruben and, and Miles were just sort of hanging around doing the same kind of stuff. There was no chessboard. There was no emo. There was <laughs> this pretty standard one. But um, so then Al came back and he said he's going to do a cover song from um, his favorite band out of Seattle, which is, of course, oh. the Jerry Hendrix experience. <laughs> oh, again. Yes. The Jerry Hendrix experience. So this uh, the cover song was Foxy Lady by the Jerry Hendrix experience, which is, of course, the um, the very funny mashup <laughs> of uh, Foxy Lady with uh, um, now I'm blanking on his name, Jerry uh, Lewis, Jerry Lewis and uh, Jimmy <laughs> Hendrix. <yeah. laughs> Foxy Lady. <laughs> <So>. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. We did hear that on a previous show. Uh, yeah. Santa Barbara, I think. So actually, yeah, yeah. So that was really fun to get again. And I know um, Blair is listening to this right now, and he's probably so jealous because I know he's just dying to get that one. Uh, and I got it two times this tour, so uh, sorry, Blair. 
Um, so afterwards, Al said, thank you so much for coming to the show. I want to thank Miles again for filling in for Steve. And uh, I think we should do one last song. And then I heard someone yell out, Pancreas! <laughs> oh yeah this is an interesting choice and also it fit because it's not a, a, a yes. parody or anything but um uh al did not take the request and instead he played the unplugged medley uh, <laughs> and okay. uh, yeah it that of course features uh, a medley uh of amish paradise smells like nirvana white and nerdy word crimes yoda and yoda chant and uh, everything went smooth there was nothing out of the ordinary uh, again, Miles killed it for uh, Yoda chant, which I still don't know how <laughs> he was able to do that. Um, right. I can't comprehend that someone who has not been in the band for 40 years can just walk in and do that perfectly. But he did. And uh, the show ended at 942. Nice. I want to go back to uh, Foxy Lady for for a moment. Sure. Uh, you mentioned that. And I think you're right. We saw that in Santa Barbara. And then you then saw it again in Thousand Oaks. And I was thinking, those are pretty close together, those towns. I mean, my limited knowledge of geography of, of California. And I had our intern, Frank, look it up. And they are 56 miles apart. Interesting. So less than an hour apart. So it's it's conceivable that, I mean, besides you... The nut that would go out to Cal- from the East Coast to to California for all these shows, but that somebody you know living you know halfway or you know between those two venues might have decided to go to both of them, and they just think, oh, Al always does Foxy Lady by the Jerry Hendrix Experience as his uh, cover song. You're right. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I hadn't uh, I had not considered that at all. That's really funny that um, that would have. Um, happen i wonder if that was an oversight in al's part or um if he's just really not um not too worried about right. not uh, yeah, it might not be yeah you might not care about tracking that to that specific level yeah. but yeah it's uh it's interesting because i don't remember uh i don't remember that happening i mean it may have happened elsewhere but i don't remember that happening uh where it'd be the same or a similar area that you know were, was close together where the same cover song was played. It is kind of funny though that the only person we know of for sure who went to both of those shows and heard it twice was someone from New York. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So maybe people has to be from some, New York be also <laughs> flew out to both of those shows, just those two, <laughs> and they also think that's all Al ever plays for the encore. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So it was a great concert, Dave. Uh, we had a lot of fun. It was a, uh, it was really exciting to get to um, check off um, the last two songs that I wanted to hear with Miles playing, um, and uh, it was great. I was I was just really happy that I got to uh, to be there and and uh, enjoy the show with Jeff and Scott and whoever that other guy was that sat with us that I never wrote down his name of. <laughs> Oh, you know where else we saw Fox? Again, let's go back to Foxy Lady. You know where else we saw Foxy Lady? We saw that at the uh, first show in Lancaster. I knew we, we oh, saw Oh, we did? 
Multiple times, yeah. We saw all. Th- or are there more than three? You saw all three. All three instances of uh, Foxy Lady. That no have way. Been so far, how yeah. how soon we forget? <laughs> I forgot <laughs> that I saw it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going. Lancaster. I know we saw that more than one. I saw that more than once. Oh, now Blair's gonna really hate me, Dave. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Hit you three times more than he did before. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Um. I'm sorry to harp on Foxy Lady. We can uh, we can continue on with the uh... yeah. Well, um, I'll just uh, I only have a little bit more, so I'll do that, and then we can do Dave's pick of the night. Um, okay. But um, I got to briefly see uh, Alexis Corrigan, who was there. Um, we met uh, Jeff's friend Pearls, which is a guy named Pearls. I, I would have thought Pearls oh, to be okay. more of a feminine name, but I guess not. <laughs> like he told me and I was like is is that a girl he's like no it's a guy and then I met him he's like here's pearls and it was like a guy and a girl and I was confused and then the guy reached out his hand so it was it was a guy um, okay. and so if you remember um, we talked about from Paso Robles um, the guy who had some extra tickets who he gave uh, ended up giving his tickets to uh, Zeb and Jeremy um, who oh, is yeah, friends yeah, yeah. with um, with Robin Von Swank, uh, Jonathan Shockley. He was at the show. So I got to meet oh, Jonathan cool. for the very first time in person. And so uh, right after the show, we got together, we started chatting, we got yelled at and had to move out of the venue. Uh, you know you know the drill where you slowly <laughs> get kicked out uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. piece by piece until we're outside. Um, so it was just uh, kind of a group of us, Jonathan, uh, Jeremy, Jeff, um, Scott, and um, uh, maybe a couple other uh, people were, were hanging out with us. But it, that was kind of the core group. And so we are just kind of hanging out. And um, I had messaged with Miles early in the day just saying it would be really great to, you know, actually get a picture with you uh, before I head back to New York. So he came out and uh, we talked briefly and um, told him about the podcast, which he was well aware about, Dave. And, oh, um Nice. So uh, it was really nice. Got a snapped a quick picture with him. Uh, I did see El Maestro uh, or E Maestri. <laughs> uh, yes. While I was there before we left, and uh, it was just a really nice experience. We had a great time, and uh, Jeff and I went home, and and then I got up like at three in the morning. I don't think I've I had like. Oof. Three three minutes to sleep before I had to then leave and oh, just drive to the airport geez. and return the car. So it, that was kind of rough. That was a really rough uh, uh, yeah. uh, day coming back, and I was pretty exhausted. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a really nice, nice trip and a great five concerts and got to see a lot of good friends and meet some really cool people. So uh, really happy I got to do that. Yeah, it sounds like an incredible trip. I mean, I'm really jealous of uh, all the fun times you had out in California. Next time, invite me, please. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know I told you you're not allowed to go, but... (laughs) Well, um, so unless you have any other questions, I think maybe it's time for you to reveal your pick of the night. Ooh, yeah, that's a a tough one. I mean, first of all, uh, there are a couple that are, are... non uh, non song pick of the nights. I mean, first the e maestri uh, for sure is going to be a contender. <laughs> the mural, <laughs> the mural. Uh, 
<laughs> uh, the, the bass solo with uh, My Heart Will Go On, I really wish I got to hear that. That was that, cool. Uh, that was really cool. That, that, that's definitely uh, up there. Um, and, of course, Mr. Skeleton's Wild Ride. How could we forget about that? <laughs> uh, so those are my three uh, non-song pick of the nights. Okay. Uh, <laughs> But uh, okay, now pick of the night. Now this is going to be a tough one. Uh, this is there's nothing that really stood out to me. Um, hmm, I did like. I had to write uh, down something, so I I had to. I used you know what I remembered from the show and what I thought you would respond to. So I there was something that stuck out to me that I thought you would have picked. So we'll see if if we if you come to the right, same we'll, determination. We'll see. We will see. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, You're having more trouble picking your pick of the night than I had picking your pick I of am, the night. I am, I am, I am, I am, I uh, am. Well, I've kind of narrowed it down to, I think, two. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and one of them would be Craigslist. Uh and I know you didn't give me a lot of details, but you did mention him mentioning the New York Times crossword puzzle, which uh, stood out in my mind. <laughs> doing it in pen and, like uh, a boss. <laughs> doing it in pen like a boss. Uh, so so that, that's that's uh, one, especially for the connection we have with uh, with the past guest, Eric Berlin, having worked with Weird Al on his New York uh, Times crossword puzzle. Right. Uh, and I guess the other one that, that stood out to me was uh, Foxy Lady, believe oh, it or not, okay. because... Uh, because uh, I did hear that twice before, and I did enjoy it both times <laughs> I hear it. And uh, and uh, I, I felt like uh, that is a very fun song to hear. So uh, I'm going to narrow it down to those two, and now I've got to pick one of them. All right, I've got my pick. All right, you can play that song anytime you're ready, Intern Frank. So Intern Frank, just to remind the audience, will be playing a song written uh, and directed and recorded by <laughs> Zeb Lemke. Let's hear it, Frank. Dave's Pick of the Night song. It's Dave's Pick of the Night. All right, Dave. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Jerry Hendrix experience. I'm going to go with Foxy Lady for the third time on this tour and the only one I did not get to hear in person. <laughs> All right, well, uh, it's time to reveal... Ethan's guess for Dave's pick, or uh, Ethan's, uh, what does the song say? <laughs> Ethan's prediction. So let's hear the song by Zeb Lemke. It's Ethan's prediction of Dave's pick of the night. <laughs> All right, so for Ethan's prediction of Dave's pick of the night, Dave, I thought that you would... Um, would uh, put yourself in my shoes and be so excited as I was oh. to hear for your horoscope for today. Your horoscope for today. That's what I predicted you would have said because it was just it was the last thing I needed to hear. It was kind of like you know um, yeah yeah that's fair. Uh, it's you know it's one of my favorite songs, but um, your other that's contenders fair. were also if if. if Great if I choices. was if I was picking your if I was picking your pick of the night, Ethan's pick of the night, Ethan's pick of the night, then I would have definitely gone with your horoscope for today. <laughs> Although, I mean, out of those two that you had le left remaining, I mean, let me be your hog. I, I love that song. Yeah. So I, I may have I may have gone with that one, even though that That's, technically yeah. wasn't the last one you had to hear. <laughs> but uh, 
But yeah, uh, if I was picking for you, I would have gone for your horoscope for today. But I was picking for myself, so I'm going with Foxy Lady. All right. Um, well, Dave, thank you for joining me. And uh, uh, I guess we'll have to uh, get together the next time. I think the next <laughs> show uh, may be a Dave only. So uh, only time will tell for what's coming up on the next episode. <laughs> That was David Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, Ridiculously Self-Indulgent, bonus episode 37 centimeter. Hey Dave, you're Italian-ish. What's e maestri actually mean? Hold on a second here, let me Google it. Oh, huh, it means... The teachers. The teachers? It doesn't mean the musical masters. Huh. No, I guess not. Well, what does El Maestro mean then? Well, let me see. It means the teacher. Oh, wow. Well, now you know. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second here. I just found an alternate definition for El Maestro. It means the new guy.